You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Thursday. April 14th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FII, Friars on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or just Baseball to where I am currently am a staff writer. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno. Right? Really great Twitter name. I know. I get it. J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Subscribe to Lockdown Padres on YouTube, Lockdown Padres, and at LO underscore Padres. And as always, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free to available on all platforms. Yeah, I, have to, I think I have to start condensing my intro. I don't know. Leave a comment if you guys want to. And I know that a lot of you guys left comments uh, yesterday that we're going to get into one second. First, let me just say, we're going to be talking about the final game of a three-game set against the San Francisco Giants. Any thoughts I might have had on... A good old-fashioned pitcher's duel, if we're being honest, and some interesting decisions made later on regarding Mr. Matt Beatty, and just overall takeaways from the first two weeks of the season, or more or less the first two weeks, the first two series of the weekend, I should say, or of the season, I should say, not the weekend. Going to be breaking that all down and then talking about some unwritten rule stuff just a tiny bit, but first I want to talk about that unwritten rule stuff and all the kind of controversies and whatnot by saying I just saw, like, On the YouTube, some people left some comments basically saying I was, you know, inferring that Mike Schilt was was, was a racist and that that's not a accusation to throw around lightly. Um, I don't believe that that's what I was totally implying. I think instead I might have implied, though, that maybe there could be an issue with character because, after all, he kind of unceremoniously was fired by the Cardinals and for us to have the bad optics of yesterday. But one thing that's cool is... The two seem to be talking before the game, seem to maybe hash it out and whatnot, and it seems to have stalled there for now, right? The guy was, it seems like there was a big misunderstanding. Hopefully that's it, and we're good. But from an optical standpoint, it wasn't the best. And when it comes to optical standpoints for baseball, I tend to maybe, and sometimes to a fault, assume the worst because oftentimes it is the worst. I mean, this is a sport that you guys can go listen to my episode yesterday. If you wear a hat backwards, it's bad. What Freddie Freeman said about Ronald Acuna, it's just not traditionally very open and uh, welcoming as other sports. So hopefully uh, I didn't make that much of an implication. Apologies to Mike Schilt too. Uh, Don't want to infer that you're racist. Instead, I want to say that Let's figure this out because clearly you upset this guy and clearly, you know, those things are to be taken seriously. But hopefully uh, nothing too bad. And another thing that I saw, just a great tweet from AJ Casval. He was saying some Padres were legitimately irked by the Giants' flouting of unwritten rules last night. Some were just surprised by it. Like, okay, if you're going to do that against us, we'll do it right back in the same spot next time. Guess it's all fair in game then, huh? One said. And that rhetorical sort of question, I'm wondering, aside from just who, I'd be curious to say, who said that, that rhetorical rhetorical question, it's like, wait, so so, uh, basically we can also brag and celebrate, right? Oh, that's okay, right? And the answer to this rhetorical question is yes. Like, unequivocally. That's the whole point. Guess what? You hit a home run off of somebody, you get to do your thing. You try not to be too obnoxious about it, right? Because after all, this you want to be competitive. You want to make sure that you're not getting too over the top with things. But for the most part, uh, yeah, you're 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 allowed to do um, to do that. 
Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's just insane that the same team that had a controversy and I use I should say quotes with the controversy with the three O swing last year with Fernando Tatis Jr. defending him and all that. Even though looking back, are we sure they defended him as much as maybe they should have? You know, Jace Tingler didn't after all uh, in the initial thing kind of defend him too much. Some people looked at facial reactions from Machado and the first baseman who must not be named. It's like, yeah, it's interesting. And then you guys have a swag chain. You're doing the dances in the clubhouse. You're getting pumped. But now because someone did a... Bu- no. All right. It's all the way or none the way. You know what I'm saying? This is just part of the sport, guys. Just part of the sport. Let's move on with it. Let's get it. And yeah. So hopefully we could put this series behind us in terms of not just the fact that they lost two out of three, but also the controversies, both with Mike Schilt and... And, oh, my God, I'm forgetting his name right now. I should probably look that up. Uh, Richardson. I, I don't have it right in front of me. Let me see if I could get it. Um, hopefully, we can put that behind the Padres because that would be great. And I just don't think that uh, Antoine Richardson, there we go. Uh, that's just not um, something you want to carry with you into another series, uh, let alone in the sense that, you know, it's a very serious issue, and I'm stumbling over my words a little bit here. Apologies for that, but uh, you don't want to carry that over, and the Padres need to get over themselves and understand that this is part of the game. And yes, it stinks, but guess what? Go beat them. That's how you stop it. Um, but the other thing that I want to talk about, of course, is the game. And the first initial thing that I want to talk about is, in general, it is so easy oftentimes when you're a fan of a team and what have you to immediately get upset at whatever didn't come through. Either it was your pitching was terrible or it was your offense was terrible and that it wasn't just that the other team outplayed you. And I think that that needs to be brought up is that this is the San Francisco Giants and the San Francisco Giants are known for getting a lot out of role players. In this game, not much happened. Let's be very clear. Not much happened in this game. It was a pitcher's duel. The only two RBIs from the Giants, the only two RBIs, I should say, came in the the top of the first inning and the bottom of the second inning. A Luke Williams double, which, not going to lie, I wasn't even familiar with Luke Williams all that much. He looked like a Trevor Lawrence type of archetype with his hair and whatnot when I looked at him. So that was, you know, good for him, I guess, uh, for showing up and making me realize who you are. And then a Jake Cronenworth triple, which was great to see. Jake Cronenworth, so far to start the year, has been very solid, by the way, and I think that he deserves some credit. He's batting 290 now, uh, 385 on base, or a little bit higher. I'm actually looking at his... The app I'm using isn't as updated, but he's been doing what he always does. He doesn't swing and miss. He's been fine. Machado, not great. Still looking for his first home run, batting 231 on the year, 346 on base, though, so that's very good. Not a lot to talk about there. Um, but again, it's just Logan Webb's really good. Uh, Logan Webb is a front runner for the Cy Young in the National League. Uh, you know, him, Walker Bueller. I talked about this in the pitching comparison, which now is an aging perfectly well because Clayton Kershaw nearly threw a perfect game yesterday and yeah by the way the Los Angeles Dodgers oh you guys are so whack it's been 23 games of per and, and uh perfect games in MLB history and y'all take them out and I understand that if they both agreed to it if they were like yes he literally can't go on any longer all right fine fine, fine. I get that I'm just saying bottom line the A to B is y'all are whack you know what I mean of course this is just more reason to, to make fun of the Dodgers of course, there was a reason that you got to take out Kershaw. Of course. It's, oh, he couldn't go any longer. Of course. Okay. 80 pitches. All right. Whatever. Fine, fine, fine. The Dodgers are whack, everybody. Spread it around. Hashtag the Dodgers are whack. But before we get into uh, a little bit more in the pitching breakdown and some things going forward and all that, what have you, uh, let me just talk to you guys really quickly about betting. All right. Hopefully, you weren't like me 
and betting against Clayton Kershaw yesterday and saying, oh, I don't know, Jim. I don't know how he's going to be. Granted, it was his first start. You know what I mean? This is this could all go poorly. Let's 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 be very clear. It could go poorly for them uh, in the future. But Bet Online, guys, they have you covered for all sorts of stuff. Your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, major league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs. The playing games are going on right now, so that's pretty cool, right? You guys can go bet on that. You got, you know, who's going to win the title, all that sort of stuff. They've got you covered. Of course, with Major League Baseball just starting up, they've got you covered there as well. Uh, Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. I don't know what else to say, guys. They're just the best. Bet online, where the game starts. Let's keep it moving. I was a little bit distracted during the ad because I wanted to make sure I didn't misspeak there and that Clayton Kershaw had actually pitched a game before. No, it was his first start. His first start. He's still a little bit older. Still a good player, obviously. I said that during my breakdown. But we'll see if he stays healthy and if he can be great enough to be a number three with a rotation that I think a four and five. There are some questions with the depth of the rotation. Nonetheless, still a great rotation. Make no mistake about that. The rest of the game. Uh, let's talk about Sean Manaya. One of the things that I really like sh- about Sean Manaya is just for the sake of diversifying uh, the Padres pitching staff, I kind of like that we have someone in there that is throwing sinker balls all the time. Uh, in this game, he threw 50 sinkers and had a 45% whiff percentage, by the way. So, so 10 whiffs, right? 22 swings, 10 whiffs. That's really impressive. I, I really like that. Uh Sean and I were used to a lot of sliders from Blake Snell, from heck, even, you know, uh, uh, Joe Musgrove will throw one out there, everyone. And now all the off speed stuff, it tends not to be the sinker variety uh, of the Padres pitching staff. As everybody knows, you know, Denelson Lamette was really great with his slider. Not, I shouldn't say was because he's still on the team, but you get my point. Uh, I thought he looked great. I know that he gave up that hit to Luke Williams, but it was only really one dagger hit. They were hitting him a little bit hard in that area, but bottom line is that's what's going to happen. Shamanai can give up hard contact. It happens, but he makes up for it with just being solid, steady, striking out batters, having the ability to make that sinker that he throws most of the time just kind of work, and even throw a couple of curves and change-ups in there. Uh, he makes up for it and whatnot. But unfortunately, Luke, not Luke, what's his name? Logan, Logan Webb. I was thinking of Luke Williams. Logan Webb, uh, unfortunately, was just a, uh, a tad better, unfortunately. Uh, in this game, going eight innings. Jeez, Louise. Uh, yeah, Logan Webb's good, guys. I, so I was saying at the top of the podcast that, you know, we often, it's easy as the fan of the team that lost to just blame your team and what came up short. Maybe it's just one of those situations where the San Francisco Giants are good and Logan Webb's their top top arm. And he was just really good. He was fooling a lot of the hitters. Trent Grisham looked like a fool up there. Everybody looked like a fool, in fairness. Will Myers striking out with that classic uh, away-from-the-place sort of uh, off-speed sinker stuff that he seems to struggle with immensely. And that's just kind of what happens, right? But the good news is the Padres pitching, with the exception of you, Darvish, to start um, the other day, has been exceptional. I mean, exceptional. Even the bullpen's been good. I know Robert Suarez had that blown save at the beginning of the season, the very first game, but nonetheless, still very, very good. And I think that there's no... You shouldn't be upset losing to the Giants. This is a good team, a very good team. And I'm expecting them to to kind of bounce back to a degree. I think that we've seen... If there's any kind of giant takeaway from the beginning of this season, it's that this is kind of how I expect the Padres season to go. That doesn't mean that they can't be great. Right, But this is kind of what I'm expecting. I think they have some high superstar-level guys with Cronenworth and Machado, right? And I even have a lot of hope in Luke Voigt, who, granted, 
hasn't hit for a lot so far to the year, but he's still taking walks. He's got a 235 batting average with a 500 on base uh, heading into the game. Now the, the batting average has dipped, but he has been walking. So, I mean, that's that's still something, right? Whereas Trent Grisham, not nearly as much on the season. He's got a 160 batting average with a 220 on base. So he's been terrible to start off. Granted, just the first two series of the year, but it should be pointed out. And, you know, I think that when you look at the San Francisco Giants pitching staff, Alex Cobb is really good. Logan Webb is really good. Carlos Rodon is really good. And Anthony Discofani is so, 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 so steady. I would kill for an Anthony Discofani in our rotation over either Snell or Clevenger, just because those two guys are, are hurt right now. I would love if those guys were there, right? But nevertheless, that's kind of the situation here. Um, the other thing to talk about with the game, because again, it was a really dry kind of game. I just mentioned the only RBIs came early on in the year. It was a early on in the game. It was a classic pitcher's duel. The only thing worth mentioning is that Matt Beatty uh, was brought in as the pinch hitter with the bases loaded for the Padres at the end of the game in for Will Myers, which I totally understand. Myers had struck out twice and Camilo Duvall is one of those guys who a lot of people believe in as being a potentially really good uh, closer uh, for the future, like a, a top level young guy who's making um, strides to be a whole lot better. You know, he debuted last year over the course of 27 innings, but this year, you know, so far he's given up some runs, but nonetheless, he's a difficult pitcher. Totally in support of that. Matt Beatty. I like some of these role players. I think that they could be interesting. I like that they took flyers on them. I like Matt Beatty. Jerkson Profar is off to a great start so far. I will say that. Profar did knock a, a double in this game, which is good to see. Uh, he's been all, like the Padres MVP per se so far, which is really funny to say. But, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't blame Bob Melvin for that. I do blame Bob Melvin and the rest of the Padres for the unwritten rule stuff, but not for this. And sometimes you just have to accept that some teams are really good. They're just, they just are. They just are. Um, some other takeaways. I almost, I tweeted this and then deleted it because I just didn't... I wanted to wait a little bit longer, in fairness, but I'm really... I'm just having trouble seeing it with Trent Christian. I just don't like that one of his things is supposed to be a really good, solid approach to the plate. His swing's a little bit weird, and it feels like he pulls the ball sometimes. But I just... that in, Those inside pitches for strikes that rise up in the zone, it just feels like he can't hit them. And every time I'm hoping for a big hit, it just doesn't seem to happen. And it's basically been since the second half of last season that Trent Grisham has become a below average hitter. Still good defensively, but a below average hitter. This is a guy who hit 230 with a 304 on base in the second half last year. Ever since then, I'm what is it possible that he got figured out? He's too young for me to believe that he just got figured out. But I if I had an overreaction, that's what it would be. It's Trent Grisham so far. I'm just having trouble seeing it. Luke Voigt, he's looking for his pitch right now. You know, the Padres first baseman. He was hitting some ground balls. He hit a weak-ass ground ball in this game, by the way. To even hit it hard. Uh, that was unfortunate. And Myers, like, I kind of know what to expect from those guys. They're not very good. But with Trent Grisham, there's expected to be some upside there, right? So far, there hasn't been that. And I think that that's really, really frustrating. So we're going to see how it pans out uh, going forward. But I personally believe that Grisham has me a little bit concerned. I think we keep hoping that, in theory, he has the, the plus hit tool. Right, he has good bat to ball skills in theory, but it just doesn't feel like he's walking enough. It doesn't feel like he's seeing enough pitches, and he lets pitches get in there. That I just feel like I feel like he can't hit a certain pitch 
and that guy's no chase him up inside and he tries to duck away and then it gets called for a strike you know he's really good at trying to sell it but i just i don't see it man i just don't see it and it's really rough um other takeaways i guess on the season our boy uh steven wilson had a nice outing um decent starts this season for him so far two innings no hits no walks, no runs, no nothing, and five strikeouts for our guy, Steven Wilson? I like the Padres' bullpen. like the, t- the trade for Taylor Rogers. I think he's been great. Um, I like the Padres' starting rotation. I've been on record on that. But the Padres' bullpen, I'm just not concerned about at all. I know they were bad in the second half of last year, but a lot of that, I think, was because they couldn't get consistent starting pitcher innings and workload from a lot of guys on top of the injuries and just people falling apart with Lamette, Paddock, you know, you name it, that... That's kind of, I just like their bullpen. And I know a lot of people were wondering, well, should you have brought back Mark Melanson? Yeah, maybe. But I like Taylor Rogers, And you know what? Suarez, I still have some hope for him. And Austin Adams is good. Pierce Johnson is good. Tim Hill can be really effective against certain players as specialists sometimes. They have a good bullpen, man. I'm not concerned about that. So any other reactions to the beginning of the season is, look, man, it's early, very early. But I would say this could be a microcosm of what to expect from the Padres, not a high-scoring offense. They weren't a high-scoring offense last year. They're hoping that Voight can give them some power until Tatis comes back, but they're going to be relying on pitching. So the San Diego Padres, for all intents and purposes, they're they're put on hold. They are Goku in the, the refurbished chamber, or whatever the heck you call it. Uh, I would not be expecting a huge, giant, uh, plus-power, ultimate San Diego to come back. I just think Myers and the first baseman, I think they are what they are. I know it was fun to joke about how well uh, he played over the weekend, the first baseman that is, trying so hard not to say his name. I know it's fun to joke about that and talk about how good he looked and he was swinging the ball pretty cleanly, but I'm just not expecting him to to be able to keep that up. You know what I'm saying? (sighs) It's unfortunate, but that's the situation, guys. That's the situation. But keep the faith, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you why to keep the faith and why you should be excited about the next month of Padres games, believe it or not. In just one second, guys. But before we do that, let's just take a quick second to mention that you need to go check out the Locked On MLB podcast, which is hosted by our boy Sully. But please, 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 please remember to always call him Sully. His real name's Paul Francis Sullivan. But please call him Sullivan, man. Call him Victor Sullivan. If any of my people who've played the Uncharted games before. I'm all out of whack on today's podcast, guys. What do you want from me? Um, but go check that out. He covers the majors, both past and present. Go check out the Lockdown Now podcast. That's a great one as well, where you get local coverage from all the local hosts around, not just baseball, but basketball and football and college, all sorts of things. It's really great to be a catcher-upper uh, as you start your day. So be sure to check that out, guys. Now, let's talk about some final things. Again, there's not much else to talk about from the San Francisco series aside from what I already talked about. Going forward, uh, what I'm really excited about for the Padres this year is that for the next month, I should say, not this year, for the next month, their schedule, you know, it gets a little bit fun at points. It's going to be a little bit more, I think you're going to see what they're made of uh, early on. You obviously just had the Seaback series, then you had San Fran, and now you've got four against the Atlanta Braves. Okay, tomorrow's game or I should say today's game, by the time you guys are listening, is going to be Charlie Morton versus Joe Musgrove. That should be a whole lot of fun. Charlie Morton, the old man that he is, can still wing it. And Joe Musgrove, of course, I think, has had the best. I really thought that he looked incredible in his first start, that it showed everything about his his 2021 was legit. That should be a fun one. And then on Friday, the game of the week, I would say that this was the game of the week ever since Monday happened. Game of the week, Kyle Wright versus 
projected to be Blake Snell, but Blake Snell, of course, is hurt right now and expected to go on the IL. So, so ladies and gentlemen, it's probably Mackenzie Gore's game. Friday's going to be a must-watch, and believe me, that will be what we talk about uh, on Monday's podcast. That will be absolutely what we talk about. That'll be the primary thing, first thing that we talk about for sure. I can't wait for that, and we're going to... We're going to break it down. It's going to be a lot of fun doing these game recaps and whatnot for Mackenzie Gore for as long as he stays up. Uh, I am assuming that he's getting called up based on all the reports that he's literally with the team right now. And then after that, we have our, our first series against the Cincinnati Reds for three, a team that I don't think is a total pushover, but clearly has fallen back a little bit. Yes, they've got your Jonathan India and your Luis Castillo and some other guys out there. Um, you know, what's his face? Uh, Nick Lodolo as a pitcher who's looked really good. Like they have some stuff. Hunter Green, I believe, is on that team as some prospects. But I'm not all that you know worried about the Reds in a vacuum, right? And then we have the first series against the Dodgers starting next Friday. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, a 9.40 start time and then a Sunday game that's at 4.10, which is great because I like it when the games aren't too late. And then we play the Cincinnati Reds for three, the Pittsburgh Pirates for three, right, to close out April. Then two against the Cleveland Guardians, four against the Miami Marlins, three against the Chicago Cubs. That's a nice little stretch there where I think that we might be able to see uh, at the end of that, get a little bit better of a picture on the Padres offense, especially, and see whether or not Luke Voigt has finally hit his first home run that by now, by then, whether or not Will Myers has hit his first home run by then. And of course, whether or not Manny Machado has hit his first home run by then, who I'm really, I am quite literally not worried about at all. Like just not even in the slightest. And you shouldn't be either. For basically the last few years, he started off pretty slow. His first year with the Padres, he started off a, a little bit better in the beginning, but for the most part, Machado starts off kind of slow. Not worried about it. He'll have his first home run by the time we get to the next Atlanta series on May 13th. He, he will have his first home run. You can take that to the bank. Hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. And then after that, it gets a little bit tricky with that Atlanta series. Then you play Philly, who's going to be a really big test for the, the starting rotation. Then you have San Francisco. Then Milwaukee, three against the Pirates and the Cardinals. So I just outlined the next bunch of games. But basically what I'm trying to say is the Dodgers and Giants aren't a t aren't teams that the Padres will be playing outright. Uh, those are being saved for now. And I think that that's actually a good thing because those are two of the best teams in the National League, in my personal opinion. I know a lot of people are expecting the Giants to fall back. I get it. But to what extent? You know, you want 107 games, y'all are going to say they're going below 500 this year? I get they lost Posey. I get that they lost Gosman. But what if they just recreated him? What if Joey Bart can be something? He's already seeing more pitches behind the plate for the, the Giants than he has seen at all previously. He's seeing more plates. He's being a little bit more disciplined. He shows. So this is what I'm saying is Joey Bart will not be Buster Posey, but don't sleep on the Giants being able to get a little bit out of him uh, in his rookie season. So that should be interesting. And that's really kind of, that's it, man. Uh, you know, that's there's not much to say. This is what's going to be tricky about the podcast is I don't want to make wide sweeping generalizations about the team. It was frustrating that they couldn't come through with a bases loaded situation. That would have been such high momentum heading into this Atlanta series. That's sure to be a tough one uh, because Atlanta is very, very good, but nonetheless, you can't be mad at it. It's going to be the first home game for the Padres uh, on Thursday. So that should be a lot of fun opening day. At, at Petco, I should say. Opening day at Petco. That should be fun. I'm going to be tuning in to make sure I see all the lineups and hearing everybody cheer as they call Machado and everybody cheer as they call Jake and, and Grisham and then the starting pitching with Joe Musgrove. I love that Joe Musgrove is the opening day starter at Petco. That is awesome and it should be absolutely celebrated. 
Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, there's a piece that I have coming out for Just Baseball where I wrote about Hassan Kim and CJ Abrams a little bit, mostly about Hassan Kim, who I think is interesting. I think that we should not give up on him whatsoever. I actually think he has been, I know that Profar has been playing better, but I'm infinitely more interested in following along with Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim is a great defender. So is CJ Abrams. CJ Abrams off to a slow start. And I just wanted to attest to that really quickly. Everybody, I haven't seen reactions to this, but it does feel like um, that people are kind of like, oh man, this is this is a little disappointing so far. It's the beginning. He just started. This is how it works. You know, I know you might be looking at Spencer Torkelson or Bobby Witt Jr. or Julio Rodriguez. Some of these other, you know, top level prospects that have debuted and are already looking pretty solid, right? You even have this um, this this Stephen Kwan guy, right, who only had his first whiff today. That's crazy. The first time he didn't make contact after swimming. That's nuts. Uh, anyway, just in terms of some around the league news. Uh, but this is what's going to happen. He's going to be a work in progress. He's 21 years old. It's crazy that he's even here. That shows you how highly the Padres regard him. And by the way, also, I wore my NOLA hat. I'm going to do that from now on only after Austin NOLA has a good game. I just wanted to have it. I don't know. I just wanted to wear it today. So my apologies. Um, but yeah, going forward, you know, that's a a good um, rule to have, I think, is that, you know, making these sweeping generalizations should be not something that the, the Padres do and whatnot. I lost my train of thought again. I am having a tough time, guys. I'm really tired. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so forgive me. Uh, but yeah, those are basically all my thoughts on yesterday's game and... The rest of the season. I mean, we're going to see how this pans out. I love the Padres rotation. Love the bullpen. Offense is going to be key. And in terms of the... Ah, I was talking about Kim and, and Abrams. In terms of those two, it, I hope that it doesn't go down the route of Luis Campizano when he was first starting out. But it could in terms of calling this guy up too early. Totally possible. I could see that. But he's a little bit more exciting, I think, than a Luis Campizano. CJ Abrams is one of the best prospects in baseball. So hopefully he can contribute, start getting some hits, especially in this Atlanta series. He's going to face some also young guns out there with Ozzy Albies kind of being the face of the team offensively. You got Austin Riley over there as well. Uh, so that's going to be a huge test for the Padres and a huge test for the offense that needs to try and kick it in gear and at least be okay. That's the key. You just have to be an okay offense. Hopefully we get the first home runs of some of the star players like your Cronenworth, like your Machado, like your Grisham, and like your Luke Foyt. The top of the lineup. Let's see some power from the top of that lineup. All right. I don't want it to be Jorge Alfaro and 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 uh, what's his face, uh, Jerks and Profar. They're the only ones that are hitting home runs for us. That's not exactly gonna uh, put us over the top. So looking forward to that, guys. But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube as well, Lockdown Padres at Javapeno on Twitter, J A V I I P E N O. Apologies for all the slip ups and a little bit of the just just the haze. Uh, of me recording today's episode. I guess there just wasn't too much to talk about, but in terms of the future of the pod, probably talking with Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants tomorrow, just giving our overall kind of maybe a season preview of both teams. Just going to be just kind of shooting it uh, and whatnot. And then next week when I do run across a situation where I maybe not necessarily have the most to talk about, going to be breaking down, not just the starting rotation. We already did that, but we're going to be talking about the batting order compared to the rest of, rest of the National League West, the bullpen, the defense, Going to make that like singular episodes to look forward to. And as a bonus at some point, talking about the best baseball movies of all time. Because you guys know I love that pop culture swagger. You know I love doing that. But anyway, guys, with that all being said, stay safe 
And, of course, stay faithful. Back to our faithful. Stay faithful.